ABC October 6th. Cold case in Alaska. Her death is part of a pattern. Television's most anticipated new drama. Another missing and murdered indigenous woman. And we need to show who's to blame. Two-time Academy Award winner Hilary Swank stars. We can choose to fight and report the news. In the fall's biggest mystery. You show up and start asking questions? Be careful. We're going to break this story together. Alaska Daily, series premiere Thursday, October 6th on ABC and stream on Hulu. So make sure you check that on out. And, oh, there's Pixie Laura and Logan L. joining us just in time. And Mennonite Abe throwing up a hello, Captain Dave. Hello. Everyone's named Dave. How you doing? Good to see you. And uh, we'll continue on here as we get closer to showtime. We are less than a minute away. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. Um, I'm excited because... We're in for a good paranormal show tonight. Very good paranormal. You guys know I don't do a lot of paranormal shows, and for good reason. But Clarissa Vasquez is going to be amazing tonight. I can guarantee you that. Very much guarantee you that. It's going to be awesome. So let's just get ready to sit back, chill out, relax, and take this one all in. Because you know what? We deserve some spookiness in our life. We really do. You know, you've got some ghosts, I've got some ghosts, and everyone's got ghosts, so let's just hang on out. Hey, Rach Beal, welcome to SOR Chat. Blue Cruise, welcome. Thank you for joining us. We're 22 seconds away. I am pumped up. Hope you are, too. And let's make this a good evening for all of us, shall we? Why not? Because that's what we do. Hi, Bill WD40 over on Spreaker. How you doing, buddy? You're looking beautiful tonight. Let's do it, guys. Horns up. Let's rock. of Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a great show of ghostly intentions tonight. Author Clarissa Vasquez joins us from the beautiful state of Colorado to tell us about some of the hauntings she's worked on the last 19 years. Moving on, we are going to go into hour number three with our resident swamp dweller and his report from the swamp. Nicole Sackage will be filling in for Tim Senor on the UFO report and Shirky Poo has the news. 
Colorado native Clarissa Vasquez is an avid paranormal investigator. After serving in the United States Air Force and having her first paranormal experience while enlisted, Clarissa returned to Colorado and later found out the state uh, Colorado Coalition of Paranormal Investigators in 2004. Her dedication and research of paranormal phenomena led her to subsequent callings as a minister. Known as simply a fearless leader to the CCPI team, Clarissa takes a very specific and scientific approach to her research and created the Phantom Hitchhiker Project in response to some very big names in the paranormal research community saying paranormal investigation, more specifically ghost hunting, cannot be conducted scientifically due to the fact that experiments are not conducted in a lab and there are too many variables. It is her stubborn, red-headed nature. Oh my, she may not have a soul, people. We bet. I, where did my booking team find her if she doesn't have a soul? Anyways, we're going to let this one. Maybe she's a day walker. That's okay. And her can-do attitude that could set her apart from others in the paranormal research community and make her a true pioneer in the field. I'm excited because this is going to be a lot of fun tonight with Clarissa Vasquez. How are you, my friend? Good to have you on Spaced Out Radio tonight. I am so excited to be here, Dave. Now, do we have to worry about any of this redheaded stuff? Because, you, you know, a lot of you, there is the rumor, it's just a rumor, that redheads don't have souls. And I ask my friend Samantha Mowat this all the time. Uh, so uh, are we safe? Are we safe on this show? I've already had dinner. We're safe. Okay. Woo! Woo! Now, now we can do this. Clarissa, all joking aside, thank you so much for taking the time to join us because, you know, we don't do a lot of paranormal on this show. And one of the detractors I have for the paranormal, not to start off negative, is a lot of these weekend warriors, they come on out and they act like they know everything about the paranormal. We see the television shows go into television and literally finding nothing on purpose and you know, there's some good, talented, incredibly smart people in the paranormal genre. There really is. And mm -hmm. I've been having the pleasure over the years to know a number and, and make friends with a number of them. Okay. But for you, the paranormal has become a, a real part of your life in trying to not only figure out the scientific process, but to figure out what's going on as well. And one of the things that I always worry about with people who play ghosties on the weekend is that they don't understand what it's all about. So let's learn a little bit about you and how you got into this. What happened? And by the way, thank you so much for your service. We really do appreciate it as an audience. Uh, it was my honor to serve. Uh, so we're going to go back somewhere between 20 and 30 years ago. I'm not going to be specific because then my age will really show. Uh, but uh, I had my, my first uh, encounter with a ghost while I was serving in the U.S. Air Force. Uh, I saw a man who was just as tangible and three-dimensional uh, as if you and I were standing in the same room together. He did look a little out of place. Um, and so I approached, I got within about 10 feet and asked him if I could help him with something. And he looked at me and looked away and walked through a cinder block wall and disappeared. Oh, that's and, nice. Uh, yeah. And it was a structural wall. So it wasn't a wall that he could even like go around. Um, and so, uh, kind of left me scratching my head and didn't occur to me at the time to be frightened. 
And I went back the next day at the same time trying to find him, never encountered him again. Uh, but um, the area where I encountered him was in the basement of the hospital of the base where I was stationed. Uh, they were in the process of turning their morgue, what used to be their morgue, into a physical therapy department. And so all of that construction debris uh, you know, and the disruption of the structure itself, uh, anybody that's been in the field for a while knows that uh, remodels, renovations, constructions can sometimes stir things up. Uh, and so that's what I encountered. Uh, the internet was still in its infancy. Uh, paranormal TV wasn't a thing yet. Uh, so I was going to the library and getting every book I could get my hands on, uh, reading about, you know, what was it that just happened and um, read about a couple of techniques for uh, ghostly photography involving a Polaroid camera and uh, started learning about EVP with a big old clunky analog tape recorder. And again, I'm dating myself. That's how long ago this was. And uh, the rest is history. For you, I mean, it's easy to see how it has impacted you. Some 20, 30 mm -hmm. years later, whatever that date mm -hmm. is, has literally made this one of the top priorities in your life. It's it's made mm -hmm. you uh, create a an investigative team that you've been successful in running since 2004. And mm -hmm. it's also made you into a multi-talented writer on the subject mm -hmm. and, and author of numerous books, which can be found on Amazon as well. I mean, you jumped full feet into the deep end in the paranormal pool here. Why did you feel so strong that this had to become a big player in your life? Um, it didn't really turn into a big player in my life until um, after the new millennium. Um, I, you know, again, I was reading what I could get my hands on about it and doing a little bit of dabbling, a little practicing, little, you know, weekend warrior stuff, if you will. Um, but it wasn't until um, late 2003, early 2004, a mutual friend of mine and I uh, discovered that we had this shared interest. And so we would go to, you know, cemeteries and, you know, reported haunted locations in our area and word kind of got out about what we were doing. And so we had people calling us up going, Hey, you need to come check out my house or you need to check out my, my office or, or whatever. And things just exploded. Um, we couldn't handle it. Just the two of us <laughs> with, uh, you know, a, a couple of cameras and some tape recorders. And so we, uh, took on more members and invested in some equipment and CCPI was born in September of 2004. Uh, we've been going strong for 18 years now and uh, it has literally become my life's work uh, primarily to help people to uh, feel comfortable in their personal space. 99.9% um, .9 of the investigations that we respond to and actually um, work on uh, result in us being able to debunk what the client is experiencing. And so we're able to take that data and that knowledge and present it to the client and say, 
you know, we believe you, we believe you're experiencing something, but what you're experiencing isn't necessarily paranormal in nature. This is what is causing this phenomena and this is what is causing this phenomena. And so really it brings a sense of peace and a sense of calm, you know, number one, you know, us going, you know, we believe you, we believe you're experiencing something. And then number two saying, you know, this is what you're experiencing. You know, you're, you're, home, your family, you're not in any danger, you know, um, just really giving them peace of mind uh, and so that they can be comfortable in their personal space. Very cool. Very cool. And and I, I love the fact that you took your time with it. You wanted to get to know that this was something that was going to be something that you needed to do, not for everybody else, but yourself. And I think too many times, Clarissa, especially over the last few years, we see a lot of people getting into the paranormal for the sake of, of the thrill of the hunt, if we could call it that, rather than trying to find explanation to some of these lifelong stories because the one thing we all have in common we're gonna die and mm -hmm. we all i don't care if if you're a science person agnostic atheist christian whatever you may be the one thing that scares us all is that we all know that there's a time limit on this and mm -hmm. for me it scares the hell out of me it literally scares the daylights out of me just thinking about it like i will go into a major anxiety attack over it the idea though is this the point that i'm trying to get at here if i could just uh, get to the words is the fact that we need people like yourself and others to be solving some of these mysteries as to what happens after we die are we one and done ashes ashes dust to dust or are we actually moving on whether it's heavenly and biblically or whether it's just all part of the process of consciousness. I mean, where do you stand on this? Um, <laughs> I have kind of a, uh, a roundabout approach to this. Um, there's a lot of theories about what happens and how, how it pertains to some of these ghostly experiences that, um, people have, um, for those that believe in purgatory, one of the theories is that the ghosts that we experience are those that are in purgatory awaiting judgment. Um, you know, me personally, um, I think that, you know, we're, we're given a choice. You know, we can either come back and do it again, or if we've learned the lessons that we're supposed to uh, learn, you know, then we get to go on to the next level, whether that's heaven or a different level of consciousness or, or what have you, you know, we just don't know. Um, but that's part of why, um, I'm so, um, thorough and strict for lack of a better word <laughs> about my research, um, is because, you know, I, I would really like to have, um, some of these, answers uncovered if possible. Um, and, you know, for me personally, I need to have it, you know, backed up with data. I, you know, I need to be able to replicate my findings so that I can take this information and say, okay, this is what I've discovered. And I've got this, 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 and this to back it up. So, you know, I've got something credible to take to the general public. What is the difference between, good research and getting results from that and being super skeptical 
because you know one of the things I laugh at is I got to move my microphone here because I, I'm gonna uh, don't hold the my acting against me here, okay? But mm-hmm. there's always this cross arm pose mm-hmm. for the team skeptic. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, it's mandatory on every website that every ghost team website that the skeptic poses on an angle with their mm-hmm. arms folded and their head back with an angry look on their face. So what's the difference between quality evidence and getting the answers through evidence comparatively to somebody who has to play the team skeptic and shoot down everything that's come through. Well, and and my team will be the first ones to tell you that nine times out of 10, I'm the one that shoots down, you know, the, the data that they're bringing to me going, Oh my gosh, I think I got something. And then I go and debunk it. Um, you know, I am, I'm very skeptical. Um, uh, Case in point, I am not a believer in orbs. Um, Through my research over the last several decades, um, I've been able to uncover uh, a number of uh, explanations for the spherical objects that are being caught on cameras, um, much to the dismay of one of the very popular TV shows out there. Um, and, uh, I, I did write a book about it. It came out in 2018. I co-authored it with Chris Carr. Um, and it's called debunking common paranormal myths, exploring psychosomatic pareidolia and really what the terminology applies to is, you know, the people that are so eager and so hungry to capture quote unquote evidence. I hate that word evidence. Uh, You know, to me, evidence is something that you can prove in court. Uh, You know, I prefer the term data. You know, I can collect data. I can analyze data. Um, I can back it up with more data um, if it's legit. Uh, And, you know, these, these people are so eager and so hungry to, to get their evidence um, that everything they interpret is they interpret everything to be paranormal. Every sound, every photo, every every little tiny thing, um, when really it's it's not. <laughs> well, I can understand that. I mean, there you have to have a, a level of sensibility going into mm-hmm. every paranormal investigation. You know, but I mean... I guess where I'm looking at this is for people who don't understand what weekend warrior syndrome is in the paranormal. Why don't you take the time to explain that? So weekend warrior syndrome. Um, those are the people that are just in it. They're the thrill seekers. They're in it for the adrenaline rush. They're in it um, for the scare factor. Uh, they're not investigating for um, the purpose of obtaining credible data or the purpose of uh, uh, helping people. They're in it for personal gain, fame and fortune, and a really good rush. It's kind of sad. That would probably be an excellent, excellent uh, description of it all. I would consider myself a weekend warrior. Like when I go 
you know, went with out, out with my friends or I used to run a tour here at the local museum to help raise money. You know, mm-hmm. I never brought a camera. I never brought anything. Like for me, I'm, I'm kind of selfish and I can admit that. You know, I'm selfish because I want the experience for myself. I want to feel the experience. I want to. I want to take it all in. You know, whether I'm I'm uh, have something attached to me, or whether I see something out of my eye, or or whatever. You know, I I'm just about me, myself, and I because I like telling a good story, right? And I want to make sure I'm as accurate as possible. You know, that being said, I don't consider myself a ghost hunter. I don't consider myself a ufologist. I don't consider myself a cryptid hunter, even though the last four Saturdays I've been out in the forest by my Sasquatch gifting site waiting for Bigfoot to come join me for a hot dog. It hasn't <laughs> happened, and I'm getting pissed off about that. But non- uh-huh. but nonetheless, there are people out there like you who are searching for answers to these <laughs> huge life questions. What are the questions that you would like to at least have a glimpse into the answers to? Uh, you know, I think the the main one really would be the the theology question. You know, it's like, you know, the heaven and hell and supreme creator, you know, what what really happens? Uh, you know, who's right? There's so many different uh, theories and variations and beliefs and principles and concepts and um, from, you know, Supreme Creator and Heaven and Hell to absolutely nothing, circle of life kind of thing. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that's the big question. Um, you know, the, the smaller question, you know, for me would be, you know, does our consciousness in fact survive physical death? And what's your answer on that so far? So far, um, yeah. <laughs> so based on the data that I've collected, uh, some of it is undisputable. Um, in 2017, we captured an... This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a place for you to share your ideas, whether you're passionate about healthcare, sports, entertainment, finance, or anything in between. There's a community of more than 850 million people who care about the same things as you. And when you create and share on LinkedIn, you're not just connecting with other people. You're connecting with opportunities that can generate business outcomes. To join the conversation and get the tools you need to reach your audience, visit LinkedIn.com. At Jiffy Lube, it's our job to keep you moving. With a full range of services from Pennzoil oil changes to tire rotations and more, we've got what your car needs, so you're ready for whatever's next. Putting you in the driver's seat of car care, that's a job for Jiffy. Visit JiffyLube.com to find a service center near you. EVP um, inadvertently, because uh, it was captured with a GoPro, it wasn't even part of an EVP session where we were asking questions. Uh, and... Uh, the GoPro camera caught this voice just absolutely screaming, going, I don't want to die, mommy. And you know, we go back thinking that we had absolutely zero personal experiences and that there was really nothing going on at this location, only to review that GoPro footage and go, whoa, where did that come from? And so our next trip to that location, we were kind of able to tailor around that EVP and get even more data to 
you know, kind of back things up. What's your thoughts on the the idea that maybe, just maybe, there are no ghosts, but there are so many different timelines mm-hmm. going on at once that maybe you've ran into a different timeline that's already happened in our universe, mm-hmm. but hasn't happened on a different timeline yet. Yeah, like a parallel dimension or uh, or possibly even, you know, if you really want to try to work your noodle on it, you know, maybe even time travel. You know, that there's, you know, some kind of glitch in the matrix from from somebody time traveling that's enabling us to have some of these experiences. Um, I kind of lean more toward the parallel dimension uh, theories a little bit. I, I think it's definitely uh, possible and plausible that there there could be an infinite number of universes. Um, and, you know, in every single one of those universes, there is absolutely no circumstance or situation where the me of those universes would like yellow mustard. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. And, and you know what? Uh, we'll have to see what, what's going on here, you know, with it as we continue on the night talk at Paranormal all night long. I want to get into the scientific side when we sure. come back because I'm one of those who believes that there isn't a lot of science to go into mm-hmm. the paranormal. I'm not saying it can't happen. Not saying that at all. Uh, the Gansfeld experiment is kind of interesting. You know, there, there's a lot of very interesting parts to this that I think correlate with a lot of different answers. It isn't about people. What kind of gear do you use? Because it isn't about that whatsoever. It's about literal science here, and that's what we're going to get into with Clarissa Vasquez, author of numerous books that can be found on Amazon. I highly suggest you head on over to Amazon. It is literally, literally filled with Clarissa Vasquez paranormal books. If you need it, you got it right there. It'll add to your library, and that's where we all want to do is add good books, good knowledge to our libraries, don't we? I love it. I love a good book. So much better than, you know, reading something on a tablet. Can't stand that. We need more bookstores again. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. All right, we are clear. We got five minutes. Hey, Gary Gary and Gary's Beard, two separate entities. Thank you for that great super chat, buddy. Really appreciate you, my man. I gotta be uh, calling you here soon. I do. I gotta call ya. All right, bear with me here. I gotta scroll up here, make sure I didn't forget anything. All right, I'm good. There we go. That was a fast first half hour. Yeah. Uh, Dirty filth is not here tonight. Drawing cartoons. Because uh, he is uh, for work at a work conference, and he's been having to work late. And that's why he hasn't been. He's more in the chat room. He should be back tomorrow night. I I believe tomorrow night will be his return. Uh, Gary, no, you shouldn't be scared. Unless you don't send me that picture of your handsome beard. Yeah. 
Hi, Bobbert. Good to have you here. Yep, bribery at its best right there, Gary. Bribery at its best. Let's see here. I enjoy watching a Dirty Filth draw nightly, too. You wouldn't believe how many people uh, we actually get um, who complain. doesn't happen often as much anymore, but for a while, for a while there, it was like daily I was getting hit up on comments. What is this goofball doing drawing cartoons during the show? I said, I don't really care. So I love it. It adds a new dimension. Grantavius, my man. Uh, yes, uh, I will, Gary. I will. Let's uh, touch base here in the next day or two. And I hope you're f uh, feeling safe down there, man. I know you got the, uh, you're getting, I don't know how hard you're getting hit by the hurricane, but I hope you're safe, man. <coughs> mm-hmm. here by the way just so you all know Clarissa plays a very mean game of Minesweeper she does I was listening to it before the show hot damn she's quick on them keys <laughs> Mike Bothwell how you doing bud Good to have you here. This is true, Kira. Very true. Dirty Filth is awesome and has some serious chest hair competing with my hair on my head. It's amazing. The dude is bald as anything up top. But, man, he's like a Sasquatch as soon as he undoes that first button on his shirt. Scary. We have about 90 seconds, Clarissa. Sounds good. Excuse me. So we scheduled this interview before I could get a review copy of the new book sent out to you. Oh, I don't read books. Oh, you don't? No, they, mm -hmm. they shut me off. Really? Weird story. Weird story. I love books, and that, that bugs me. I have a collection of Tom Clancy books, uh, Jack mm -hmm. Ryan books, that I am way behind on because of that. Mr. Oh. Cowley, welcome back to the show. Oh, Mr. Cowley, loves his spaced out radio. That's all I got. Penny Van, nice. good to see you. And uh, we got 27 seconds before we're going to relaunch here. Ozzy, Ozzy, oi, oi to you, man. Oh, wow. 
Wow, that's kind of cool. All right. Well, let's see here. Here we go, everyone. Second half hour coming up right now. Let's do this thing. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate her to your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show. And on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We're going to head down the scientific road here along the paranormal scenes. As author, researcher Clarissa Vasquez out of the beautiful state of Colorado is here talking paranormal stories and adventures all night long with us. And Clarissa, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm going to start off. I don't, I don't want to start off negative, but I'm going to. Okay. I have my biggest pet peeve. With paranormal investigators, you ask anybody in our audience, you ask any of my paranormal friends, I'll say, what is my biggest pet peeve of the paranormal? And they say the word science. And it drives me nuts because I know that 9.9 teams out of 10, there is not a single person on that team who has done a scientific experiment since they were in high school. Number one. Number two, they do not understand the, the, the scientific premise. Purpose, procedure, hypothesis, the results, everything that goes along with an actual experiment. Now, you're doing this differently, and I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt here because this is something that you have been practicing for a long time in trying to find it. Now, it doesn't matter whether you're a scientist or an amateur scientist or or whatever. The fact is, this is what you are doing in order to try and prove or disprove the fact that there is life after death. Why did you come to this conclusion that this is the way you wanted to do things? So, you know, it... I really wanted to do something that would set um, the research of my organization apart from the weekend warriors. You know, let's, let's do something worthwhile. You know, yes, it's great that, you know, that we're helping people and we're serving our communities and everything, but what are we contributing to society? And so somebody came up to me uh, many, many years ago and threw a a theory at me about uh, roadside locations where a vehicle accident had uh, resulted in a fatality. And I said, you know, I think I can work with that. And it took about a year to put it together and get it tweaked um, together with 
um, a thesis and you know proposed outcomes and controls and variables. Uh, and in 2010, the Phantom Hitchhiker Project was born. And the objective was to see if these roadside locations resulted in phantom hitchhikers or resulted in geographic psychic trauma uh, attached to you know the land itself where these uh, deaths had occurred and so the project in and of itself really didn't turn up a lot of phantom hitchhikers but what we did prove is that it can be done scientifically you can establish a thesis, proposed outcomes, a set of controls, a set of variables, and uh, conduct your experiments and replicate your findings. So we proved that it can be done. Uh, you know, there's got to be a specific set of parameters within your experiment. Um, but it you know, we, we proved that it, it can be done. Um, it's not the norm. It's not the mainstream at all, um, and it cannot be applied to this particular project. Cannot be applied to anywhere other than you know roadsides. Um, but it's really it's a it's a jumping off point, if you will. Um, I think it's really um, getting the ball rolling uh, as far as developing these research projects and developing the tactics and uh, the necessary. Uh, controls to, you know, have this uh, form of research regarded, you know, by the scientific community as something other than pseudoscience. And so we ran the project for 10 years. And, uh, you know, and really uh, all I've got, you know, as, you know, the proof that it can be done is this great book that just came out on Monday. So, <laughs> I, I love it. What kind of experiments are you doing in order to to do this? Because one of the arguments that a lot of scientific minds have with the paranormal is that you're not in a concrete type location. You're not in a location where where uh, you could be in a controlled environment to see if it happens again. Right, and so you know the people that that come to me and say, you know, you're not in a lab. It's like, uh, no, we're not in a lab, but archaeologists, paleontologists, zoologists, geologists, um, they they collect their data out in the field and then take it back to the lab for analysis. And that's what we do. We obtain our data out in the field and then take it back uh, for analysis at a, you know, a separate location, whether it's somebody's living room table or oftentimes it's my bed. Because that's you know where I'm most comfortable, you know, listening for, listening to audio files or going over video or countless pictures <laughs> and stuff like that, um, you know. So really, you know, the argument about not being in a controlled environment um, can be thrown out the window. Whereas one of the established controls are the locations themselves. You know, the one thing that these locations all have in common is that they are roadside locations where a vehicle accident resulted in at least one human fatality. 
Okay, so you have the cause, you have the understanding of of what's happening here. What kind of results have you been able to predetermine so far from your evidence? So with the data that we collected, you know, we got a couple of EVP files in the 10 years that we did it. Um, So we were able to conclude that these roadside locations do not necessarily result in phantom hitchhikers or um, geographic trauma uh, related encounters. So, you know, that it would have been great if we could have said, you know, yes, all of these locations have, you know, phantom hitchhikers or they have wandering spirits or they have, you know, some kind of residual energy attached to them. And most of them don't. Okay. So if most of them don't, you know, how do you narrow that down? How do we narrow it down to, how do you narrow it down to to refining what is what is part of the investigation and what is say fodder lack of a better term <laughs> so the the ones that where we did obtain some sort of data we were able to go back and duplicate our results there um the locations you know that didn't result in usable data you know we visited them more than once to see if we could get different results uh, multiple attempts no results that location was set aside and it you know a different location was explored uh, we also incorporated um, time temperature and lunar phase into our uh, experiments there are a lot of popular theories surrounding time temperature lunar phase. Um, so we incorporated those controls into our experiment as well. Awesome. Awesome. How did you figure out what works and what doesn't in your experimentation? Because that's one thing about science. I mean, it, it's changing for absolutely everything. Did you notice those patterns with the paranormal as well? Absolutely. Um, things are changing all the time. Um, you know, right down to the equipment that is being offered for researchers to use. And so one of the controls that we had to maintain was the equipment that we use. We couldn't just incorporate, you know, the newest piece of equipment into what we were doing because then it would throw off our data. We had to remain consistent with what we were doing. Um, we could have started the experiment all over again and gone back and revisited some locations with, you know, different equipment, but we really didn't feel that that would be the best use of our time. Okay. So take our audience through a night investigation, uh, how you start, how you begin choosing the location. How are you choosing which scientific experiments to use? Okay. So, With the Phantom Hitchhiker Project, and again, the entire project, right down to the research paper and the project proposal, is actually outlined in the book. So if there are any paranormal researchers out there that are interested in potentially adopting this project, um, it is laid out in this book. Um, So we chose to operate during the three um, warmest months of the year, which for us here in Colorado are July, August, and September. We operated 
only on the night when the moon is at 100% full. So, you know, we didn't do, you know, the days leading up to the full moon or the days after 100% um, full, which is another control. Um, and uh, we started the experiment at precisely midnight. So we would go to a known roadside location where there was a human fatality. These are really easy to find um, out here in Colorado. Uh, you can find, you know, there's crosses on the highway uh, or the, you know, the city streets or wherever the accident took place. Um, some states don't allow that. Um, South Dakota actually has a really cool program. They put up think signs. They don't allow memorial markers uh, by the family and friends. Uh, they actually have think signs. The state puts up a sign saying, think, you know, don't die, um, trying to deter another accident at that location for whatever reason. So we find, find the location, we go, and the experiment begins at... This episode is brought to you by Newly. Those trendy brands you're seeing all over social, you can wear them without the expense or commitment of buying new with Newly Clothing Rental. Newly stocks over 300 premium brands, including Selkie and Love Shack Fancy, and even A. Goldie and Free People. Subscribe for $88 a month, then pick any six items from Newly's shared closet of more than 10,000 styles. Right now, get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code RENT20. Just go to NUULY.com. This episode is brought to you by Peacock. Based on the international best-selling book series comes the Peacock original, Vampire Academy. Two best friends, Lissa and Rose, navigate romance, politics, and ancient magic at St. Vladimir's Academy while battling threats inside the gates and out. Vampire Academy, new episodes Thursdays. Stream now only on Peacock. For limited time, get Peacock for just $1.99 a month for 12 months. Eligibility restrictions and terms apply. Visit PeacockTV.com for complete details. The stroke of midnight. There are theories surrounding uh, midnight uh, being conducive to you paranormal activity. So the experiment starts at exactly midnight using the exact same equipment for every location. You ask, we ask a series of EVP questions, the same EVP questions in the same order with the same duration in between each question. The entire experiment for the night lasts less than five minutes. Here we, we show up, we snap a photograph for, for uh, validation that we're, we are, you know, that we're there and we investigated, you know, this specific location. We ask a series of EVP questions and uh, take some EMF measurements, you know, to see if we're getting any changes in, uh, in EMF or uh, temperature fluctuations, things like that. See if, you know, we check for any fluctuations uh, during the course, but it all boils down to the same 10 EVP questions, and then we're done. It's pretty you, You're telling me you guys are conducting an entire specific scientific experimentation of the paranormal mm -hmm. in five to ten minutes. Mm -hmm. In under five minutes, yes. I'm stunned. It takes us, it takes us longer to analyze the data than it does to actually conduct the experiment. 
I'm I'm stunned because you. I mean, normally teams go into a location, they're there two hours, four hours, six hours, eight hours plus. Mm-hmm. You're you're not wasting any time. Mm-mm. Okay, so in that five minutes, what are you doing? I mean, that's barely enough time for most people to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> And I would agree with you if I was still a smoker, but uh, I quit that years ago. Uh, so we ask, like I said, we're, while we are monitoring for temperature fluctuations and EMF fluctuations, we're asking a specific set of EVP questions, the exact same questions in the exact same order with the exact same with exact duration in between with got, you know, with, got us for time in it. So, you know, you ask the question, you wait 30 seconds, you move on to the next question. You wait 30 seconds, you move on to the next question. And within five minutes, you're done. Like I said, it takes us longer to analyze the data than it does to conduct the experiment itself. Okay. Like five minutes isn't a long time to to get a spirit comfortable with you, or you know I've been in rooms that have been absolutely silent, and then you go back there a couple of hours later, and all of a sudden the ghost is like talking like a a brand new baby that's found its voice mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. how do you how do you uh, do that in just five minutes well, and that's why we make repeat trips to establish familiarity and develop a rapport if you will and you know after after probably five trips to the location you know if we didn't get you know anything uh that we could use we would set that location aside and focus on a different location okay so you are going back to that location for mm-hmm. follow-up study so how many vaca- how many va- uh, locations are you working on right now 30. 30. Okay. So (laughs) how, okay. So out of those 30, are you cross-examining all the evidence from all 30? Uh, Yeah, we are cross-referencing. You know, we're looking at, uh, you know, the locations that had data um, that we were able to use. You know, we're looking at it going, you know, what sets this place apart from, you know, other locations. Um, We are finding that one specific geographic region here in Colorado is more successful than others. And why is that? Um, We think the the area in question um, has a has an underground coal mine that caught fire um, about a hundred years ago, and it's still on fire to this day. Um, the Colorado River runs parallel to that coal mine to that coal fire, and there is a lot of geothermal activity there. There's a lot of hot springs in the area, and so there's a lot of contributing factors that we think um, are uh, acting as like a conduit. Do you think that those uh, those hot spots are are knowing that you guys are investigating those areas? Um, I don't know. 
don't know if they know we're investigating them or not. Um, we haven't had answers to our questions that would give us some sense of consciousness. Um, you know, the, the questions we ask, you know, can you tell us your name? Do you know what year it is? Uh, things like that. And, uh, you know, we're not getting... Uh, we're not getting responses like, oh, good to see you again, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, you know, we are, but we are getting some responses to questions. Okay. So the kind of questions that you were asking in that short five, six minute period, mm -hmm. what are you asking? Because obviously you've had to really think about those questions rather like, do you know that mm -hmm. you're dead? Did you die in the car accident? What well, did the fox say? You know, I mean... Yeah, we do not um, ask questions that that allude to um, their death in the event that they don't know they're dead. Um, you know, we feel it's not our place to tell them. It's not our place to make them aware. Um, you know, the one thing that that my investigators and I we all discuss in depth is, you know, how would you feel if someone whom you had never met before came up to you and said, how did you die? When did you die? Where did you die? You know, you're dead, right? And to the best of your knowledge, Dave, you're not dead. Not that I know of yet. Right. I, and I'll tell you so, how I do know. I have a plethora of Australian listeners who live in the future. And, ah. and I ask them every day, am I alive tomorrow? And they all say yes. So this is how I know I made it to the next day. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, getting back to that, you know, we really don't, um, we don't allude to the fact that they're dead. But the questions that we ask um, is, is there anyone here with us? Can you tell us your name? Where do you live? How old are you? And can you tell us what year it is? Sorry, we had just a little bit of an audio glyph there. Oh, my, my, literally, as you're going through those questions, my audio crashed. Wow. And I and that's why I put my hand up because I had to reset my audio. Okay. So Do you want you want me to go through it again? I, I, let's see if it happens again. If it does, we okay. got some we got some woo happening. Interesting. Okay. So the first question is, is there anyone here with us? Can you tell us your name? Where do you live? How old are you? Can you tell us what year it is? That's it. That's it. So how do you formulate a scientific understanding of the spirits with those six, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, not so profound questions? Mm -hmm. What am I missing? Yeah. Well, you've heard of the, the KISS method, you know, keep it simple. Yes. And 
you know, because we're still in the very, we're in the very beginning stages of, you know, really learning what paranormal research is. You know, granted, we've made leaps and bounds from the days of Hans Holzer and the Warrens, uh, but we're still, still trying to figure out, you know, what it is and how to do it properly. Um, there are no set guidelines. And so with this initial experiment, um, you know, we really kept it simple. And so before we go to break here in about 45 <laughs> seconds, when you go back to that same location, do you <laughs> ask those same questions again for confirmation? Yes. yes. Okay. For confirmation, validation, repetition, Yes. Wow. Yeah, it's it's the very definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different result. I love that saying. I love that saying. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what we do. It's that's the very definition of insanity. <laughs> My goodness, Clarissa, I have so many questions for you coming into hour number two here on Spaced Out Radio tonight because I. I need to understand this more. I think I'm getting it. I think I'm liking it. You know, but there is just some some serious questions that I can't wait to ask. I think you're open. I think you're honest. And damn it, I think you're doing it the right way. Clarissa Vasquez on Spaced Out Radio tonight. Find all of her books at Amazon.com. She's got a ton of them, all dealing with the paranormal. We'll be right back on Space Out Radio. Stay tuned with more Phantom Hitchhiker Project. Woohoo! This is awesome. Awesome. I hope you're having fun. I'm having a great time. Me too. I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to put you in the green room. I will be right back. No, I'm still right here. I'll be right back, though. You guys just sit tight, and if you're in the audience, we'll be back here in a minute.
All right. Dave is back. Clarissa is back. And Dave's headphones are back. We got just over one minute here. And we shall hang on out. Yeah. What a good show so far. Solid, solid. I'm having fun. Me too. Thank you for doing this. Ah, my pleasure. Let's see. Merle is here, everyone. Merle it up, people. This is my buddy Merle. One of the member of the investigator I was talking to you about earlier that was just mm-hmm. absolutely terrible and no good could ever come of hanging out with him. That's the one right there. I'm kidding, Merle. I'm kidding. Merle it up, audience. Merle it up. Love my Merle, man. Love my Merle. Mike Bothwell, thank you so much for the super chat, along with T2E and Cat Chaser, Trisha, Doug Shelby, the Doug Shelby, and Gary, thank you so much for the super chats tonight. Very much appreciate it, and it's a great way to support what we do on a nightly basis, and uh, let's make this happen. Here comes our number two right now. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Jacent. Jacent is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue the paranormal focus tonight talking about science and ghosts with author and researcher out of Colorado, Clarissa Vasquez. You can find many of her books on Amazon.com, including her brand new one that just came out just a couple of days ago, The Phantom Mm -hmm. Hitchhiker Project and America's Haunted Roadways. Clarissa, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. Glad to have you here. Science. Let's get into the science of everything. This is what we need to do. This is why you are here. And you know what? I'm having a good time having you explain everything because I think at times we try to overcomplicate any sort of investigation. We want we don't want to leave a location missing out on that EVP, on that on that photo, on that on that video of something happening. And therefore, we go over and over again for hours until we're so wasted from energy that 
we just have no choice but to pack it up. Yet you are doing your investigations in literally five to ten minutes. Your setup ta- literally takes longer than your investigation. You ask specific for, questions. Go ahead. Yeah, for the Phantom Hitchhiker Project, yes. Um, now, when we are going into someone's home or business, um, you know, that's we're there a lot longer than than five to ten minutes. But when we're doing Phantom Hitchhiker research, it, it takes more to set up, tear down, and go over the data than it does to actually conduct the investigation. Okay. So for the Phantom Hitchhiker Project, though, the scientific experimentation you're looking for is repetition. What mm-hmm. happens, okay, let's let's go with this. How often are you getting the same answers at the same locations? Um, the locations where we have obtained duplicate results, um, we are getting the same answers to the same questions. Um, we have one location uh, where we go, you know... At Jiffy Lube, it's our job to keep you moving. With a full range of services, from Pennzoil oil changes to tire rotations and more, we've got what your car needs, so you're ready for whatever's next. Putting you in the driver's seat of car care, that's a job for Jiffy. Visit JiffyLube.com to find a service center near you. When you're going from brunch with the in-laws to happy hour with your coworker crew, you need a wine that's made for any moment. With 70 calories per serving and 7% ABV, Kim Crawford Illuminate Sauvignon Blanc is full-flavor wine with a refreshing taste. Buy Kim Crawford Illuminate at orderkimcrawford.com. Also available in rosé. Make it amazing. Kim Crawford Illuminate Sauvignon Blanc per 5 fluid ounce average analysis calories 70 carbohydrates 4 grams protein 0 grams fat 0 grams. Please enjoy our wines responsibly. 2022 Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California, USA. And you tell us your name and every time we get Bob. (laughs) it's, It's really... It's the quality of the Bob. It's the same voice. It's the same um, pronunciation. It's always Bob. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's not like Bob, you know, one time or Bob or, you know, Bob. Um, It's always every time Bob. (laughs) So, uh, you know, that's... uh, we always look forward to going and, and chatting with Bob. Okay. So considering this Bob ghost comes up to you guys every time, I mean, that mm-hmm. do you end up changing the line of questioning? How do you take it to step two? Yeah. Um, we haven't developed step two yet. Uh, it took us 10 years to, to work step one. And so uh, we haven't developed step two yet. That's, that's still coming. Uh, we are, you know, again, you know, baby steps, uh, keeping it simple. And so we need to, you know, develop another project with expanded parameters, a different thesis, uh, different hypotheses, and uh, different parameters, projected outcomes, and uh you know, see what do we want to accomplish with phase two. Okay. So considering you are trying this at 30 different locations, that means that you are looking for the same answers in those. Out of those 30 locations, how many locations are you getting the exact same results? Right now,
right now we're just getting one. Wow. And -hmm. at the other 29, what's happening? At the other 29, it's either a whole lot of nothing or it's hit or miss. So you might go to a location four or five times, not hear anything or hear something Mm -hmm. different. And then on that sixth time, you get the same results as number one. Correct. Okay. So I'm, I'm a little confused here. And because I am, I do think it's smart. Trust me. I do think it's smart. But the fact that maybe one every four, five, six times you're getting the same result, what do you think is happening in between? So there, there could be different factors playing into it. Let's say that we investigate location ABC um, and we, we hit it in uh, July, August, and September, but we, only get results in, or we only get um, usable data in July. So then we hit it again the following year, July, August, and September, and we only get results in July. So then we got to kind of look at, okay, what? It, why are we only getting that kind of credible data in July? Um, you know, is it the anniversary? Uh, you know, is it close to the anniversary of the accident? Are there weather factors playing into it? You know, is there a thunderstorm, you know, rolling through you know, that night in July? You know, there, you know, there are other things that we have to look at to try to go, okay, why are we only getting results, you know, during the July session uh, or, or the August session or the September session or, you know, so there, you know, there's a whole bunch of extenuating circumstances uh, that play into the variable aspect of the experiment. Okay. All right. So what happens? Okay. You're only doing this during the warm months. Why just mm-hmm. the warm months? Uh, because we feel it's entirely too dangerous for us to be out on the side of the road in the middle of the night during winter. I can attest to that being where I live. Yeah. It's cold too. Yeah. But what about spring or yeah, fall? It's nuts. Uh, spring and fall, um, those are, you know, again, we can, you know, when we go into phase two, uh, but we really wanted consistency with the temperatures. And so July, August, and September those temperatures are pretty consistent uh, at night uh, out here in Colorado. Right. Okay. So your climate is much like my climate. You're just about 1,500 mm-hmm. feet higher than I am. But we get Roughly. the s- same type of winters, same type of uh, wind chill. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and that sucks. Outside of the dangers of investigating at those times, which I agree with you, you know, I mean, you got to be careful, especially when you're doing road accidents, okay, Mm -hmm. that have claimed lives. Do you you look at it as the, the other season, say spring or fall, you aren't getting the same results as you do in summer? Um, I would love to you know, work on this more, you know, during the spring and fall. 
you know, do, you know, a second phase of the experiment and, you know, include, you know, the cooler months uh, in there and see if our data changes in any way. See if the cooler temperatures or the drier or wetter air uh, plays into that. Um, the, you know, whether depending on spring or fall, fall tends to be a little drier than spring uh, out here. And, uh, you know, I would like to, you know, throw in some of those um, additional variables, um, you know, but again, you know, the objective of this initial experiment was to try to whittle down the variables and stick to the controls. Um, you know, so a second phase of the experiment, you know, can be revamped to include some other, um, you know, some other uh, uh, atmospheric conditions. Outside of atmospheric condition, what else are you studying? Uh, lunar phase. Uh, we only investigate on the night when the moon is 100% full. Uh, so scientific studies have shown uh, that there are changes in human and animal behavior. Uh, people and animals tend to be more active during the full moon. Uh, and one of the popular theories about uh, surrounding paranormal phenomena is that ghosts tend to be more active during the full moon. And so we are, you know, conducting these experiments in conjunction with the full moon to see if that has, you know, to see if that applies, you know, are, are we getting these results during the full moon? And, on the on the occasions when we are getting credible data, we are getting it during the full moon. Wow, wow. Okay, so why do you think there is an enhancement during full moons compared to say new moons or or crescent moons? You know that I don't know. Um, you know the 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 lunar gravity. Um, affects you know it affects the tides um, not just in the oceans but in lakes and rivers as well you know they all have um, a little bit of a tide and that's all based on the pull the gravitational pull of the moon so um, I'm not a hundred percent sure how the lunar phase affects human and animal behavior um, but we do know it affects the living and so again that a, a really popular theory out there is that it also applies to the not living. Hmm. You got me thinking here. Okay. Have any of the spirits that you have developed a relationship with, if I can use that term, showed mm -hmm. you themselves? During the course of this experiment, no. <laughs> we have had, you know, during some of our um, residential cases, we've had a couple um, that have been more than forthcoming um, to say, you know, hey, I'm here. You know, we we had one uh, physically show himself, um, and there were three of us that witnessed him walk into the room and sit down on the sofa right across from us. Uh, and everybody was kind of like, okay, that's compelling. <laughs> um, you know, others are um, rather vocal. You know, like the, the one that we had on the GoPro saying, I don't want to die. Uh, 
that was actually recorded in a neighborhood where the next street over there had been a pretty brutal um, fatality. Right. Why car accidents? Uh, it's a common denominator. It's a it's a control. It's you know it's one more one more thing that each of these locations has in common. Okay, so thirty locations, thirty mm-hmm. car accidents that took the lives of, of a minimum of thirty people. Correct. Okay, so. The idea behind this is to keep everything the same. I think our audience needs to to understand that. You're not going to mm-hmm. go to a home where, say, a family was murdered. You're not going to go to a, a bar where, mm-hmm. you know, a couple people were shot up and killed. No. no, no it, we're not going to conduct, conduct this experiment, no. Okay. Not. So you keep it with car accidents. Obviously... You're doing this silently, even though you're public about it, talking about it now. You're keeping mm-hmm. the locations and everything kind of silent for the probably mm-hmm. the sake of the family and and the, and the sake of the results and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, how hard is it to to keep c- silence on it when you're at a location and people are driving by you? Um, yeah, that's uh, it's less common when you're investigating at midnight there are significantly fewer people on the road so that does cut down on the ambient noise and the uh the pollution if you will from the vehicles have the police ever pulled up and said hey what are you guys doing only once only once um we did have a state trooper pull over and you know, and of course, you know, we're in uniform. We, uh, my organization, we've got a very professional uniform and uh, we're all in uniform. We're like, hey, you know, we're just, we're at this location. We're asking a couple of questions. We're not going to be here very long. We hadn't even, it was just prior to midnight. We were still setting up and uh, trooper said, okay, I just wanted to make sure that everything was okay. And, you know, nobody was hurt or needed help. And, and he went on his merry way. Didn't stop and say, hey, can I play? No, although um, we did just in the last two weeks have a state trooper apply for membership. So we're going to be interviewing him on Saturday. Excellent. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Okay, so outside of this experiment, what if, you know, even though we're still on the topic of it, mm-hmm. what are some of the comments that other people in the paranormal are making about what you're doing? Um. Some comments are that the parameters are too narrow and others are that the parameters are too broad or that there aren't enough EVP questions. Um, And, you know, again, I, for this initial experiment, I wanted to keep it simple. Um, so that, you know, really anybody that's serious about um, conducting, you know, research scientifically can adopt this project. Um, and, you know, maybe they've got maybe their the results in, say, Louisiana are different than the results in Colorado due to, you know, different atmospheric conditions um, during you know, July, August and September. 
the temperatures are all pretty consistent during those months down in Louisiana. So, um, but there's more humidity in the air and water conducts electricity. It conducts energy. And so, you know, that maybe that's a, a more efficient conduit than conducting this experiment here in Colorado. Gotcha. Fully understand. I mean, are there other teams across the United States conducting this same experiment with you? There is only one other team uh, that requested uh, the project. Um, And that was several years ago. And I think they've abandoned it because we haven't heard anything from them in a very long time. I would assume that they abandoned it. Are you shocked, though, that more other teams will not jump on board just to even see what's going on? Um, no, not re- I'm not really shocked. Um, as you and I discussed during the first half hour of the show, um, a lot of people are in this for the adrenaline rush, the scare factor, the fame and fortune. They're not in it to um, make scientific advances or to help people feel comfortable in their surroundings. Um, they're, they're in it for different reasons than what I'm in it for. What results are you hoping from this? Um, the, the results that I was initially hoping for are different than the results that I got. Uh, I was hoping to show that these accidents resulted in uh, cases of geographic psychic trauma and subsequent phantom hitchhikers. Um, And really that wasn't the case, but what we ended up proving was that this can be done scientifically. It's, it's on a very small scale, but it can be done. But it's a start. It's a start. Why do, you, why do you think many uh, other paranormal teams are not as excited about jumping on the science, the true scientific bandwagon of solving paranormal? My personal opinion is you know, because uh, standards and regulations would come into play. And right now it's pretty much a free for all. There, there are no experts, um, and it's um, it, standards, regulations, um, and uh, you know some some pretty strict um, rules would would have to come into play if everybody started adhering to um, the scientific side, and people don't want to do that. Is it the weekend warrior syndrome? More than likely. Um, and there are other people out there who have, um, they've got the best of intentions, um, but they want to play by their own rules. And they, they don't want to, they don't want to conform. They're, they're happy with the way they've been doing things for however long they've been doing it. And, or they're happy with mimicking uh, the guy in the too tight t-shirt on television and whose name will not be mentioned. Uh, you know, they're, 
they're happy with the way they do things, which may or may not be an appropriate way to do things. We've got about one minute to go here. Clarissa Vasquez will be with us until the top of the hour here on Spaced Out Radio. You know, when we return from the break here at the bottom of the hour, Clarissa, I want to get into some of your own ghost stories. I'm sure you have quite a few that you could share with us the next half hour. Let's figure out Mm -hmm. your top three. Let's go into detail in your top three. Okay. Because I know our audience would love to hear some ghost stories coming on uh, from you in the Colorado area, but I love your experiment, and I really hope that you continue to to pursue it and, and get the best results you can. I think it's exciting. I really do. And it's just like my friend Ross Allison up here in Seattle, who is who has created a, a documentary type series called Parasense, where they put naked people into haunted buildings to try and discover how a, a spirit will communicate with the true human body, not, not with clothing on. And it's phenomenal. The results he's getting. I want to see that documentary that and not just for the naked people aspect. I I want to see what the interaction is. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Clarissa Vasquez. You can find all her books at amazon.com. We got her till the top of the hour. I'm looking forward to it. Love my paranormal talk on space out radio right after this. Hi, Eric the Hobbit. How are you? Good to see you. Parkinson or Parkson Parkerson. How you doing, buddy? Good to have you back. Yeah, Ross Allison. Um Parasense. It's I haven't seen the documentary yet. Because okay. it's weird. There are certain documentaries that you can get in the United States, but you can't get them in Canada, even though they're on, say, Netflix or Hulu or or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, but it's um, it's pretty incredible the results that they are getting, and that uh, they actually Ross has a lead scientist, uh, like a true scientist who is mm-hmm. conducting the experimentation on mm-hmm. the uh, on the uh, the system because nobody had done it before, nobody mm-hmm. has you know, wandered or sat in a chair in a, in a haunted building or, or whatever, you know, to, to see the results of what ghosts can do to the human body. You know, I mean, we look at all these marks and bruises that we say show up. Well, this is their opportunity to test that out and they're doing it on camera. That's really, really cool. And do they have, Male and female? Both. Test subjects? Okay. Yeah. They found it very easy. Hi, Tokeland. How you doing, man? Uh, they found it very easy to find male um, figures to to come on in. Uh, yeah. Female, they have not. And it's done very professionally. Like, it's not a porno thing or... Right. Or... Whether it's a girl's night out brunch with your work besties or a night in with sprinkles the crisp refreshing taste of kim crawford makes any moment amazing so wherever you go 
Shine with Kim Crawford. Available in Sauvignon Blanc and Rosé. Kim Crawford. Make it amazing. Buy Kim Crawford at orderkimcrawford.com. Please enjoy our wines responsibly. 2022 Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California, USA. Whether it's a girl's night out or a night in with sprinkles, the refreshing taste of Kim Crawford makes any moment amazing. Available in Sauvignon Blanc and Rosé. Buy Kim Crawford at orderkimcrawford.com. Make it amazing. Please enjoy our wines responsibly. 2022 Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California, USA. You know, like there's not people having sex or investigating naked. These are people who are sitting in a chair or standing up and there's cameras all around them. They're covered up the moment that uh, that uh, they are, uh, you know, off when they've stopped filming. So it it really is coming at this from a, a classy professional type of filming. Nice. Eric, the Purple Hobbit, wants to know uh, whereabouts in Colorado are you from? I was uh, I around Colorado just Springs. answered him. Oh, okay. Well, make sure you hit Miss CV. Make sure you hit subscribe on our channel. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes, I'm that cheap. I want your subscription. I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty cool with the way Ross is doing everything. You should actually add him on Facebook, Ross Allison with two L's. Ross Allison. And they try, and, you know, like, they don't care, you know, what a person's body, it's not about the body, it's about the results of, you know, people getting touched, or their hair uh, grabbed, or or their elbow poked, or or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. It's really cool. I wrote it down so I can remember to that check him out yeah I think you'll like him Joe Monk says we're all naked under our clothes true words have never been yes. spoken yes Joe's a, and he's a, an alien abductee who uh, never admits to it aha yeah Thank you, Mike, again for another great super chat. Really appreciate that, man, my fellow Canadian. Hi, Ozzy Ange. How are you? You really do have quite the Australian following. Oh, yeah. That's wonderful. There, there's a few of them in here tonight. A uh, few of them are missing. Steam Train Mark is missing. Paul Holland is missing. Um, a few others. Best Canadian bands ever while on commercial, Dave. Oh, man. You're going to hate me. I like Nickelback. I like Brian Adams. Okay? I do. I'm sorry. Uh, we got 10 Don't seconds. Don't apologize for loving Nickelback. I like Triumph. 
Triumph back in the day. They yes. were awesome. Yes. All right, here we go, everyone. Tragically hip, number one. Here we go. the halfway point of Space Down Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Space Down Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button, our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go with Clarissa Vasquez. We have this paranormal investigator and author, running us right to the top of the hour with some of her spooky encounters over the years. You can find all of Clarissa's books at Amazon.com. Just type in her name, Clarissa Vasquez. Clarissa, welcome back. Thank you. Gonna ask you, what's your favorite haunting story or ghost story? Oh, gosh. You know, I've, I've got three, really. Um you know, and, and two are, are very uh, simple, really, um, and very personal, actually. Um, a very, very, very dear friend of mine passed away um, in February of 2020. And she and I were very, very close. And uh, as soon as I heard about her passing... Uh, you know, here I am in, in the middle of my grief, um, consuming copious amounts of alcohol and just crying hysterically. I'm in the living room, just, you know, tears. And I've got the audio recorder going. I'm like, please talk to me. Because, and she, you know, she knew what I did. Um, she supported what I did, even let me investigate her house uh, several times. And um, I, you know, I'm you know, saying, please, are you, are you here? Are you here? Are you here? And I kind of let my mind wander a a tiny bit. And I got to thinking about uh, all of the times that we would be in her kitchen uh, listening to music. And she had this goofy little dance where she would just kind of get one shoulder and one hip going. And I, I always thought it was the most ridiculous dance ever. Um, and, you know, and I caught myself, you know, kind of daydreaming and, and I said, I said, oh, I can't stop thinking about the way you danced in the kitchen. And I, I waited a couple hours to go back over and listen to the audio, you know, in the first, you know, the first part of it, you know, it's just me blubbering hysterically, you know, please, you know, please talk to me, you know, please, um, and then I, it, it gets quiet and I zone out and I hear her voice go, dance with me. 
before you hear me say, you know, I, I can't stop thinking about the way you danced in the kitchen. Um, and so that's one of my favorite EVPs, you know, is, you know, she knew I was thinking about, you know, dancing in the kitchen. Um, and to this day, that's still uh, one of the things that cheers me up when I'm feeling overly down is I will play that, that sound clip. Um, it is not on the CCPI website. That's something that I keep very, very personal to me. Um, it's in my, one of the few things that, you know, that I didn't publicize. It's in my private collection. Um, but I have her voice from the other side saying dance with me. Uh, another one, uh, again, in 2020, 2020 was the year of tragedy for me. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I had a personal tragedy, life altering personal tragedy every month that year. It was horrible uh, on top of the pandemic. But um, in August of 2020, I lost my cat. My sweet kitty cat, his name was Bubba Lou, and he was my everything. Um, and um, at night, up until I moved out of the condo that he and I lived in, um, Bubba used to fetch. He was the craziest cat he would fetch. I would throw things out from my bed out into the hallway, and he'd grab them and bring them back on the bed. And um, he, after he passed, I would feel him jump on the bed. Um, and uh, every now and then, his, his favorite thing to fetch would be like McDonald's hamburger wrappers. Uh, when I moved, I found a stash of them behind my dresser, um, hamburger wrappers, straws, and bottle caps that he had fished out of the garbage and stashed away. Um, and every now and then, um, I'd wake up in the morning and there would be a wadded up McDonald's hamburger wrapper on the bed um, as if Bubba had brought it back and dropped it for me to fetch. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, but uh, the one that I, the the oldest favorite experience um, would be a private residence in uh, Nucla, Colorado. We had a three-story farmhouse that the owners could not keep rented. People would come in, sign a lease, pay the first, last, and deposit, and they'd move in. And within a couple of weeks, they would say, keep the money, we're out. And this happened over and over and over. And the owners were, you know, kind of okay with them breaking the lease because, you know, they're they're getting to keep the money, but they really appreciate regular income from this property. And uh, so they called us in and it was in early spring, so it was pretty cold. And the location had electricity, but no heat. Right. And so they said, you're welcome to start a fire in the, in the wood burning stove. It does pretty good about heating the whole place. Um, if you get it started early enough. And so, uh, we were going to start a fire in the fireplace, open up the, the door to put wood in and there's a bunch of dead birds in the fireplace. And so we had, you know, we're, we're smacking the stove pipe and climbing up on the roof and smacking the stove pipe stovepipe knocking more dead birds down out of the stovepipe before we can light fire in this fireplace. 
And there were eight of us on location that night in this three-story house. And every single one of my investigators was having a personal experience that seemed to be tailored to their comfort threshold. You know, if an investigator was unnerved or frightened by seeing something, they were seeing things. If they were um, put off by hearing voices, you know, they would, somebody was, you know, talking in their ear. And I've been doing this for so long, I'm pretty desensitized to all of it. You know, it, it really takes a lot to spook me. You know, I can have Casper pop right out in front of me and say, hi, I'm Casper. I'll be like, hey, I'm Clarissa. Um, and so I wasn't having an experience. And I was getting kind of bummed out. I'm like, man, everybody's, you know, having all these experiences. I'm not having anything. I'm, you know, feeling kind of left out. And so myself and two other investigators, we were up on the third story. And uh, it was the attic area. And I'm looking through a night vision monocular. Um, and the one that I was using at the time, it would allow me to see in the dark, but it wouldn't record. I've since upgraded and I now have one that records. Um, but I saw on the floor in this attic what looked like a dead bird. And it turned out to be a piece of crumpled up trash bag. But you go back and listen to the audio and you hear me say, ew, what is that? And this voice goes, dead bird. And then you hear me say, is there a dead bird in there? And you hear the others talking. And so it wasn't until I get home, I get, I get out of the field and back to the lab. <laughs> and I'm going over this audio and I, you know, hear, hear myself go, ew, what is that? And this voice goes, dead bird. Wow. I'm like, oh, no, he didn't. It, it was in my head. You know, it it knew I thought I was seeing a dead bird. Or it was making me think that was a dead bird on the floor. But either way, that son of a gun was in my head. Let me tell you, it's scary enough with just me in there. I don't need, you know, some dead person, you know, rummaging around in, in my noodle. So that was my personal experience that really set me off of my off my game there for a little while. I was like, crap. Um, so now I'm a little more cognizant um, when I'm investigating. If I think I see something, um, I'm very vocal about, you know, you know, is that a dead bird on the floor over there? You know, or, you know. Is, you know, is there a, you know, is there a stuffed animal in the corner on the bed? You know, I, I'm pretty verbal about what I think I'm seeing um, to try to, um, I guess, validate any future experiences. <laughs> My goodness. My goodness. I got a couple questions from our audience here. And we'll get to those. Start off with YJ here. Clarissa, mm -hmm. are you aware of the study in hospitals where letters or symbols are on top of the medical equipment to ask near-death patients if they saw them? Um, I know there have been several studies done on NDEs. Um, I personally have not researched them. Um, you know, that's 
that could be, you know, something later on down the road. Um, but right now, I think that's a topic that's um, it's getting saturated. It's gaining in popularity. So um, am I aware of the study? Uh, no, but it doesn't surprise me. All right. Let's move on to Cat Chaser here, who is asking, Clarissa, do you know about floating around when dead? Um, I love the handle Cat Chaser. Um, since I lost my Bubba Lou, I now have six cats. <laughs> um, and I love them all as much as my Bubba. Um, but floating around when dead. Um, I'm not sure exactly what Cat Chaser is referring to. I know that there are people that can um, astral travel and kind of float around and have that out-of-body experience while they're still alive. Um but as far as floating around when dead, I'm not entirely sure where they're going with that one. All right. Let's get to another question from Lisa here. In your opinion, what are orbs? Now, you did establish that you don't I like have them. a nifty anagram for orbs. Orbs, O-R-B-S, ordinary random bits of stuff. Why don't you believe That's, in orbs? Um. I'm not saying that 100% of all orbs are uh, naturally occurring phenomena. I'm saying that 99.999% uh, can be explained, uh, whether it's um, dust, water, vapor, swamp gas, you know, <laughs> ball lightning. Um, most of the time it's dust, pollen, bugs, uh, stuff uh, like that. So, you know, orbs is a, you know, it's a great acronym. Um you know, ordinary random bits of stuff. And with as sensitive as uh, cameras are today, um, in order to get those uh, super crisp pictures, you know, with all of the pixels in there, they've got to be able to pick up, you know, the, the tiniest little detail. And that includes, you know, dust particles and bugs that are in the way of the lens. Now, you've seen orbs. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think it's just dust or bugs or particles we're dealing with? Ninety nine percent of the time, yeah, it's dust or bugs. the The only criteria that I will include um, when considering an orb as potentially paranormal is if it has its own light source um, and can cast a significant shadow. Uh, so, uh, and, and again, you know, depending on the size of it, you have to factor in ball lightning, you know, especially if you're outdoors, but, um, you know, if you can see it with the naked eye and it, it has its own light source and can cast a shadow and everything, heck yeah, I will, I will count that as, uh, you know, something paranormal in nature because uh, it's not normal. <laughs> All right. We got about eight minutes left with you, and I, I, I'm very interested in learning about your own technique in going mm -hmm. out on an investigation. You know, are you someone who likes to go to all the popular hot spots, or are you someone who likes to just do their own thing and find new locations that have never been touched, virgin territory? Um. I like to do both, 
Um, but if I go to a hotspot, I try to go in as blind as possible. I don't research it. I don't watch the TV shows about it. I don't, um, I don't read the books about it. Um, I try to go in with as little knowledge as possible so that I don't have any preconceived notions about the location or about areas within the location. You know, I can go in and, and try to be as thorough as possible. Um, if I can get into you know, uh, a virgin location or a, you know, remotely virgin location, uh, even better. Um, you know, then I will try to dig up the history on it and, uh, you know, try to see what's what after the fact. I guess what I'm saying is, you know, I'm glad it, the Halloween season is among us because now I don't have to hear the summer travels of of all the insane asylums and and battlefields that everybody brags about going to every year. And I, I'll be honest with you, it doesn't interest me. Waverly Hills, I'm sure it would be a fun night, but it doesn't mm-hmm. interest me. You know, yeah. you could say the same thing for, for uh, you know, Alcatraz or, you know, oh, Gettysburg. That's the one I'm looking for. Yeah. I've done Gettysburg a couple of times. I've never encountered anything. I've got some great photography from Gettysburg. One of them is actually in this book right here. Um, and um, the... Gettysburg, I think, there's there's the picture that I took of Saks Bridge in Gettysburg um, that is in the Phantom Hitchhiker Project and America's Haunted Roadways, available at a book retailer near you. Um, right now, they are doing some construction and restoration at Devil's Den and one other... Um, Whether it's a girl's night out, brunch with your work besties, or a night in with sprinkles, the crisp, refreshing taste of Kim Crawford makes any moment amazing. So wherever you go, shine with Kim Crawford. Available in Sauvignon Blanc and Rosé. Kim Crawford. Make it amazing. Buy Kim Crawford at orderkimcrawford.com. Please enjoy our wines responsibly. 2022 Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California, USA. If you look around, there are so many ways to make a difference. At Capella University, our FlexPath format gives you a different way to earn your degree. Take courses at your speed. Move on whenever you're ready. Education should fit your life. Learn more at capella.edu. Monument at Gettysburg, which could potentially be stirring things up. So, you know, it might be a good time to to hit Gettysburg because um, you know, the you know construction restoration renovation uh, whatever um, projects that they're doing over there could be stirring activity up. What I'm saying though is for me it's about it's about imagination. You know, mm-hmm. hey, I can understand where people all want to do these these very popular places. You know, it's just like. Families going to Disneyland or families, uh, you know, going to to Mexico to party on the beach or, you know, or whatever it may be. 
I get that. I can appreciate that. But a lot of times, I just feel, and I'm sure my audience is ad nauseum, oh, here he goes again. Okay, I just feel there's a real lack of imagination. All right? Mm -hmm. Like, I look at the teams here in BC. You know, they go to the same locations every every time, and, ooh, look what we got. Ooh, look what we got. EVPs, photographs, and go so by. Mm -hmm. I want to go on a road trip, man. I want to find these little weird oddities that are out mm -hmm. there. And every little community in between the big cities and the suburbs have their own legends and their oh, own yeah. stories that are not even yeah. being told. Mm -hmm. That's what drives me nuts. Well, and you know, Dave, we live in an age of instant gratification. You know, we have, we have the world at our fingertips. Um, and, and so I think, you know, the, the big draw is, you know, people have had paranormal experiences at Gettysburg. They've had paranormal experiences at Alcatraz, Waverly Hills, Slater Mill. Um, and so that's where people are going to flock because they want to have those experiences too. It's like people go to Disneyland, you know, and they have fun at Disneyland. And so people wanting to have fun, go to Disneyland, um, things like that. But I totally get what you're saying. You know, when you, you know, you want to find the diamond in the rough. And that is way cool. It is totally way cool. And I, and I just, I feel for, you know, I watch these people get all excited. Ooh, we're going here, and ooh, we're going there. And I'm like, ooh, I don't care. You know, mm -hmm. I really don't. I, I really don't. It, it's like, hey, I'm all about going to the same location. I ran a, ha a haunted tour at our local museum to raise money for it for three years. Proud to say we raised 14 grand for the museum. It was fantastic until they became a bunch of idiots, and we had to say, no more. Yeah. Right? But the idea behind it is this. You know, where should we as a collective whole be looking towards the paranormal? What should be, should we have goals? Do we need goals? Am I pushing people too hard and saying, look, if you're just a weekend warrior, stay that way. Don't try and act big shot. Yeah, I don't blame you at all for having that opinion and, and that philosophy about the weekend warriors, I feel the same. Um, you know, paranormal TV has both helped and hindered the field of paranormal research um, in that, you know, it bred the weekend warriors, you know, the, the thrill seekers and the people that are in it for the fame and fortune, you know, it uh, paranormal TV is what brought about he who must not be named in the too tight t-shirt. Um, with the less than ethical practices. So, um, you know, it did a lot to remove the stigma attached to discussing having had a paranormal encounter, but at the same time it bred the weekend warriors. So I don't blame you one bit for having that, um, that opinion. Well, you know what? We're down to our final minute tonight. And I want to say a big thank you, Clarissa for coming on Spaced Out Radio and talking about your books, your experimentation, 
and everything that you're doing. Keep up the great work on Fandom Hitchhiker's project. I really think it's good. Could you do me a favor and let our audience know where they can find you? Absolutely. You can find the Phantom Hitchhiker Project and America's Haunted Roadways uh, on Amazon, along with my eight other books. Um, or you can go to cvasquezauthor.com and order signed copies there. And that's V-A-Z-Q-U-E-Z author or C-V-A-Z-Q-U-E-Z author.com. Right on. It has been an absolute pleasure. Keep up the great work. Seriously, I, I think you. your experiment that you're doing is fantastic. And that, in my friends, you know I hate, I, I, I can't stand paranormal people, but it's people like Clarissa who are trying to move the ball forward. That's what we need. We need more of it. We need more people to take chances on it. And that's how we're going to find these crazy answers that we are searching for in the paranormal. It may take years, may take decades, may take longer, but that's okay. Clarissa Vasquez. Coming up next, we're going to head to the swamp. Swamp Dwellers back with another spooky story. Then Nicole Sackage will fill in for Tim Senor on the UFO Report. Spaced Out Radio's third hour is next. Great show, Clarissa. Thank you Thank so you much. So Let's much give you some claps. Let's give you some claps here. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. Yes, it was. Thank you. <clears throat> Would love to do it again. Love to do it Anytime. again. Anytime. Perfect. Perfect. Anytime. I'm going to let you go get some sleep. I got to go prepare yep. for hour three. Thank you again. Yep, I got to work in the morning. All right. You take care. Thanks, Dave. Bye bye. All right. Great lady. Great lady, that Clarissa Vasquez. Nicole's up next. I'm just stepping away for a minute. We'll be right back, guys.
Alright. We are about a minute away from Swamp Dweller. Then we're going to bring in the amazing and talented Nicole Sakic. Hey, let's give a shout-out to Big Tex from Texas Front Porch. If you aren't subscribed to that channel, it's one of my favorites. Him with Bigfoot Michigan Rob and and Jason McLean. Great, great programming there, guys. So make sure you go hit subscribe on their channel, too, <clears throat> if you haven't already. Big Tex will be on with Jessica Jones on Sunday. So that would be... Really cool for all you guys to tune on in. You know, I would say it's going to be a good show. Tex also has a great power beard. Power beard. You're going to, when, I want that beard for the studio. Here we go, hour three. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com. For all your latest show info, now back to Dave Scott and SOR. Here we go with the third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you all with us. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for tuning us on in wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hi to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Jason. Jason is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as a clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight as we enter the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. Last week, I took a camping trip with my sister and cousin. We were taking the trip to forget everything that had been happening in our life for some time. I was the only one with a running car at the time and it was my pride and joy, a 1987 Honda CRX. It is a two-seater hatchback and we had to have one person in the back of the car since there weren't enough seats. On the first day at the site, we didn't get to do much because it took longer than expected to get to the camping area and it was almost dark when we got there. It took us some time to set up everything, but by the time we got to eat dinner, it was already completely dark out, and we went to tent to play cards against humanity. By this point in the card game, I was winning and was just about to drop the infidels card to my family. I heard just outside the tent, I am sorry, I cannot complete this action without Wi-Fi. Of course, we all play it off as just maybe some, some noise coming from a phone or somebody outside or something. But then we started thinking about it. 
were not very close to any other campsites, and cell phone reception was pretty spotty at this point. Let me just say that I had Motorola and voice actions are not even activated on it. Not only that, that my phone was also in my pocket on the other side of the tent. I didn't want to make a fuss and ruin our first night, so I just agreed that it was probably a noise coming from my phone. And by the time we went to bed, I hurried my sleeping bag, got it all set up, put my knife ready next to the zipper, so if something came through the door, I would be able to mess it up real quick. Those were some of the most extended hours of my life and reminded me of how quiet it really is in the woods. Besides the sound of one messed up owl, I heard not a peep of anything the rest of the night until my cousin touched the door the following day and I knew I could finally rest. There was nothing super special that happened the second night, but we did have neighbors that night. However, something did seem to spook them pretty badly, and they were all packing up and leaving very late in the night. That day, we went hiking and found some of the abandoned silver mines up there. We didn't go any deeper than the entrance, though, because there were a ton of tracks in the small abandoned mines as well as a, as well as a ground that was probably flooded further down. After that, we went to town to eat out and treat ourselves to that hard day, and by the time we got back to camp, it was getting very late. But we had a fire going, it got dark, and however, the forest always stayed silent. There was never a noise, making us know how alone we truly were. Something was sinking in my gut, though. I couldn't tell what was happening, but the fight or flight kicked in. We were sitting around the campfire chatting about random things in life, but two mice were dashing past us. This set us off just enough to start being honest with one another and how we were all comfortable and felt like we were in danger. We began to pack so we could call it a night and go to bed, but as we were getting the food packed up, my cousin saw something in the bushes where the mice ran from, about eye level to him. He was six foot one. He said, I think I saw something, and I wasn't going to be one of those kids in a horror movie. I grabbed them and told them we were getting everything we could in the car and we were going to sleep in town. So we held our pillows and headed to the car, never looking away from that bush. As my car started and was getting ready to leave, my cousin was standing watching to make sure nothing was coming at us while we were getting ready to go. And he told me that he wasn't sure but he thought he saw something start to go out of the bushes as we were beginning to leave. Of course, this is typically where the story ends, but we were not lucky that time. We looped around and started making our way down the gravel road back to town. But, to my horror, I would hit my brake lights and see a faint outline of something in the gravel road behind us in the mirror. Of course, I was too focused on moving swiftly on the gravel and not at all really focused on staring in the mirrors, so I only caught a glimpse and still had difficulty explaining it. Not only that, but as I passed more and more sights, I realized everybody who had been there during the day had seemingly packed up and left. Now, that could be coincidence, but there were no signs that anybody else was there. By the time I was getting on the actual road, I didn't feel at ease at all, so I kept a safe, swift pace, but I still felt like somebody was following us the entire time and had someone in my trunk, so I obviously couldn't drive too crazy, so I didn't give them whiplash. However, I never went under 70 miles per hour for quite some time. The worst thing was is when I would break a little bit in the corner to set the turn and I would catch a glimpse of whatever the hell that was. It was getting closer each time. So every corner I would focus more and more on the corner ahead because I couldn't lose my cool or else I might push too far, slip and put us in an extra level of crap. After about 15 to 30 minutes of long switchbacks, we eventually got to a tiny bit of civilization, a small group of houses and their lights were on. 
After that, we returned to the main town and slept in my car in an Arby's parking lot after taking a walk to the park restroom. The next day, after a few cups of coffee and enough sleep, we go back to the site, get our stuff, and inspect the spot where we saw the thing. At the place where we saw the thing standing, all the plants in a circle were all pushed down to the ground like something had been standing on them. We also found what seemed to be a small trail to where my car was parked and into the gravel road. We didn't find any tracks, but all the branches on the ground were broken and the plants were pushed into the ground up the road. However, none of our stuff was messed with and some additional information. After that, we found out that we were camping near Bohemia, Oregon. Bohemia is known as a small ghost town in the Cottage Grove area up in the hills, so maybe that's connected. Oh, wow. Another spooky story. Creepy camping from the Swamp Dweller. Yeah, this is why I don't like camping, people. You never know what's going to jump out at you. The forest is live with all sorts of creatures, some we don't even know about. You can check out thousands of free Swamp Dweller stories by going to his YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads and check him on out. Hit subscribe on his channel. There's a reason why he's got almost 300,000 subscribers on YouTube, so make sure you are one of them. All right, it is time to get back into the UFO game. Nicole Sackage filling in for Tim Senor on tonight's UFO Report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. Yes, Nicole Sackage, who has been in-depth with a lot of the big news that has been happening the last week as she is the understudy to Grant Cameron, legendary. Everyone wants to feel safe, in control, and able to trust their own instincts. It's so important, especially as women, and especially when it comes to dating. I get it, and Bumble gets it. They're not just a dating app. They're a connections app built on a foundation of kindness and respect. Bumble has so many tools and resources designed to ensure their community remains a safe space to foster healthy relationships. To learn more, download Bumble and visit their safety and well-being center. You know, there's no better way to get in a bad mood than to look at your stock portfolio right now. I mean, the way the market's been plummeting, it's hard to remember what it looked like when your portfolio was actually growing. Maybe you toyed with the idea of doing real estate investments since it's so much more dependable, but the idea of trying to flip houses and sign deeds and deal with tenants sounds like a nightmare. Fortunately, you have another option. Visit raddiversified.com today. Rad Diversified does all the real estate legwork for you. They know the ins and outs of residential real estate and handle all the details while you simply watch your investment grow. In fact, over the past three years, while everything's been going down, Rad Diversified raised their stock price by 108.6%, with just a $1,000 minimum investment. You can get started on your new upward trend. Visit them at raddiversified.com and see what other investors are saying. They've helped thousands of people make millions of dollars. This could change your life. Visit raddiversified.com. That's R-A-D-diversified.com researcher and hero extraordinaire to many of us in the ufo world and uh, you know what it's too bad grant is a winnipeg jets fan because it would make him so much better if he wasn't i'm just saying but hey he's done it for years a winnipeg boy so why not nicole welcome 
How are you? Are you I, rested? Did you get some sleep? <laughs> I did not. I I've had. I just got off the phone with Melinda just now. We've been talking three days straight. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Does not surprise me. You know, uh, Linda. I mean, Melinda Leslie, who will be a guest here next week on Spaced Out Radio to go over the notes once again. And and there's. I'm going to start it off with this, Nicole, because right now, there Jimmy Church from Fade to Black has been hammering this the last couple nights, and good on Jimmy. He is very good for that. Tonight, he interviewed uh, another legendary researcher in Richard Dolan, who, you know, let's face it, has a fantastic beard. He really does. <laughs> and uh, we we obviously took a paranormal night after having Grant on uh, last night. But this story isn't going away. It is gaining more traction on social media. Uh, your views on your own channel have uh, surpassed almost 2,200 views on that so far. Ooh. Why do you think it's not going away? It's it's honestly epic. I think those of us that have caught wind or dove on this kind of early um, – Realize its importance. It's the same level of excitement that we felt knowing the Wilson documents were coming out. So I think that sort of kicked off this ultra exciting time for us that we've been in for the last couple of years. And this is almost like a refresher or a reboot of it. And how did I put it earlier? That It's like we got original Star Wars and that now we're getting the prequel you know, it's like <laughs> the backstory of why this is important. And it just defines um, now, our movement now, and how far maybe it's come and where it's still lacking. And I, I'm i just fascinated. As you can see, even waiting to come on, I pulled out a book. Everybody wants to know about my notebooks. There's a stack of them right behind me here, if you could see them. Because I've just been trying to dig through the stuff that hasn't even popped out at us yet. You know, just so many little tiny details are starting to come through. Like the AP-10, the APT-10, you know, just that. And I know Melinda was, I think she was on Twitter. And we all know this person as, who is it, the Hermetic Penetrator? But he's who actually came across that or noticed it and was talking about Melinda with it. So I wanted to give him a little bit of behind the scenes credit there because there are so many of us that have sort of been activated by this. It's not just Grant and it's not just Richard and it's not just Melinda. It's like all of us that are kind of central around them and friendly and know how long they've worked on this and Maybe some of the finer details. I knew the minute <laughs> Project Unity posted their premiere for that, or I actually knew because I follow him through social media that he was here in the States and that he had gone to Florida. Like I was putting those pieces together and I started getting excited at the potential a month ago, you know, and I. I talked to Grant and I talked to Melinda. Grant still wouldn't release his papers, his notes, because of the Eric Davis side. You know, he had that agreement going. And 
side note comment to that. Anybody who knows Grant, they know he's not a rule bender, or he is a rule bender, but he's not a rule breaker. He's never going to break somebody's confidence or trust. And he stuck to that. A month ago, I was asking him to release these or parts of them or do a show about them or interview and hint at them. And, and he even told me, no, that, that we had to wait or we should get something together and get ready. So that's when I sort of started like lining things up like, oh, I know Melinda has her set. She's talked about them before. This is all going to be about the working group, but that ties into the history and the timeline of the Cosmic Club or whatever everybody calls them. <laughs> There's always the reiteration. So this is exciting. I think everybody who's paying attention and trying to follow along or has been following along is excited right along with us. Everybody kind of jumping in is like, whoa, what are these notes? Oak notes, Jack notes, Wilson Davis notes, notes all over the place. Well, go back two years ago, look at Grant Cameron's panels and discussions that he had about it. Look at Richard Dolan, Dolan's channel and what he did and see where Wilson documents are now. I mean, they're read into our congressional hearings and these documents have been known. The ones we're talking about now, the Oak notes and the, well, obviously the Jack notes have been published. They've been out. Melinda's lectured on them. I'll have to ask her when I talk to her next <laughs> for the next two days. Um, I think she's lectured on this for the last 12 years. I'm trying to think of when her lecture for, was it UFO Sweden or UFO Denmark? That's She's lectured at it then and I think before. And so that was enough for me to know that Jack's notes were going to reinforce Oak's notes. And if, you know, the link was made to the Wilson documents and the significance of Oak Shannon, then we had a ball to kick down the field and this was going to be the Wilson document excitement all over again. Have yeah. I talked as long as Grant without a breath? He is almost. wearing off on me. <laughs> almost, almost. You know, one of, the, one of the things that I am liking about this is the Wilson documents and now going into the notes of Oak Shannon that Grant is uh, putting out there with Melinda Leslie and yourself is the fact that this is really transcending all of ufology. There aren't a lot of factions out there that are not paying attention to this. Even the critics are saying, you know, I've seen some of the critics who are saying, gee, you know, I didn't believe in the Wilson notes, but this kind of gives a whole new light to maybe that they are real and maybe that they are true. It's making a lot of people second guess right now. Well, I I think this... I was tuning into Fade to Black earlier because I, I wanted to support what Richard and Jimmy Church had to say. And honestly, they were kind of hammering this point. Richard, especially, you know, anybody who's been denying the Wilson documents, like with how far they've come and if they're still denying them, you know, it's like with so many credible people and valid people and respectable people that are standing behind them now. It's time to get on board. So even with these being released, it's just more like, 
come on, we can't even just that debate seems over to me. So let's start talking about the notes and then go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. (laughs) I was going to say my UFO boss, Grant, (laughs) or my mentor, or however people refer to us collaborators. Last night, he said it here on Space.Radio Best. He said, two weeks ago, I didn't see this. But now, in light of all of this, these documents could now potentially be in the faces of our congressmen, the way they're interested in the Wilson documents. And the more they can come out publicly, the more attention they can get, the more notes on notes if there are any more out there and they can get out in a decent way. I mean, honestly, it's been so long. We're talking about 1985 here. (laughs) This was a behind the scenes uh, conversation as well with some of our mutual friends. And it's been so long. John Alexander has written a book on it. Um, there's movies like the men who stare at goats, like Mirage men, like, I think I even named it two or three more. And so all of these snippets, what's the title of John's book? It's like the things I went through that shouldn't exist, but do. (laughs) And so, I mean, he's even saying it. So now that we have like these physical things that shouldn't exist but do and they're known and they've been known and there's more details coming out it's just like no keep them coming get this public we know it is there's no denying it anymore also we're talking about stuff that's going on 40 years so i mean it's it's time you know that's been long enough to just come clean so it makes sense to me Word on the street is a lot of this, uh, has, uh, these documents, and now Oak Shannon has made a lot of people nervous in the governmental alphabet agency side of ufology because, you know, there is a big talk right now that they hope that there will be one day soon more public hearings or even private hearings on this, and there is a giant push from the UFO community and even internally in Washington, D.C., for immunity for a lot of these people who are involved. And that might include people like Hal Putoff or Oak Shannon or even Luis Elizondo and Chris Mellon for what they know. You know, how do you see this pushing towards that immunity? I think it would contribute to solidifying it if maybe certain players in this were more vocal about what they wanted. You know, if they want to stay silent, if they don't want to comment, then say that. I mean, I I don't know anybody who harasses people to the extent that they're uncomfortable or anything like that. Most of the people I know that talk to anybody they think is significant has taken the time to build a back and forth and, you know, they're not just shooting a one question off and getting a one answer back and leaving it. Like, I think who was just discussing this, like with Wilson denying things, it's like, 
even somebody, oh, it was Richard and Jimmy, even somebody as well-respected in our field as Billy Cox. And I quote what he writes all the time and follow him night and day. He talked to um, Admiral Wilson and got the denial, but didn't push him further on it. Because you kind of take the denial and you read between the lines, you know, whether Billy believed what he said verbatim or was leaving it be, you know, to continue with that. I mean, you have to establish relationships like that, whether you even trust what you're hearing or not. So that's where this long game comes into play. When you look at these players or the club members or the group members or the college, however you want to put it, they're all significant. They're all pushing in their own way. They've all kind of been public in some ways until you start getting to people like Oak Shannon. Nobody's really known who he is. And there are people in the community like Richard and Grant and Melinda that have studied these groups of people so much. It's almost like they could write a character bio of them or give that analysis that, you know, what is it? Right, left, their actions are this. They've said this here, but then they act this. Have I wrapped it up? We got to wrap it up right there. We are going to go to the break here at the bottom of the hour. Nicole Sackage is here filling in for Tim Senor on the UFO report. We're going to continue talking about the importance of the Wilson documents, the Oak Shannon documents, the drama of the documents, and who's speaking of them. Yeah, it's important. We're going to keep pushing this as we go on Spaced Out Radio right after this. No, there's always drama. You don't have to focus on the drama part. You focus on the the forward movie. Like, there's still work to be done. Give drama this much and then get back to work. I, I think I know how to do my job. No offense. I know you do. I know. So do I. So just, I, I pick and choose my me, moments. Give me a little trust. Give me a little trust. Here. I'm nicer in the mornings when I'm fully caffeinated. Then I'm nicer at night when I'm sleepy. <laughs> so, yeah, man, it's been just full speed for the last four days, I think. Or no, what day is it? It's Wednesday. There we go. It's been full speed since Friday. I'm glad I did that prep work, honestly, <laughs> a month ago. <laughs> Trying to figure out what Kevin says. Why? Because aspects in reality don't sell anymore. How do you see when everyone chases her mind when they go, or his, his or her mind, when they go with the flow every time, Dave? I, I have no idea what that means, Kevin. I'm not reading the chat. I'm sorry. That's Here, okay. I can put it up. That's all right. I was on private chat, not comment chat. Yeah. Kevin's trying really hard of late to be a critic, and it's not working. I think it's funny. Maybe he needs emojis in there, because sometimes I think I sound funny, but then if I don't throw in smiley faces, I sound mean. (laughs) Kevin's pushing his Ray Romano not funny. Uh, You know... I just, oh, that, oh, I don't, yeah, 
Maybe who's like that for me? Oh, yeah. I liked Ray Romano. He was the voice of that elephant. <laughs> still not funny. He's still not funny. You know, like Dave Coolius and, and uh, the late Bob Saget, not funny at all. Oh, shut your face hole. Like Dave so- Coulier was the <laughs> first Canadian I was in love with. And he's not even Canadian. <laughs> Cut it out or whatever that was. He's from I Michigan. He's from Michigan. Almost Canadian then. Fine. I thought he was Canadian forever. It made me love Canada. Has nothing to do with Dave Coulier, really. The only, the only <laughs> laugh that Bob Saget ever got in his life was the canned laughter they put in Full House. Guy's horrible. Not true. Whoopi Goldberg, not, not funny. True. Whoopi that- Goldberg, not funny. What are you trying to? Are you trying to make me mad? What's going on here? Like, I actually enjoy comedians, and now you're ripping all my favorite ones. Are you wanting to have a Larry Warren moment with me? What's going no, on? I'm not having a Larry Warren moment with you. I'm just pointing out the fact Did you that, that Whoopi Goldberg Did you see is that? not funny. Oh no, just that small Rendlesham part in the going yes. through the notes in the notes. Like, I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" Whoopi Goldberg oh, has been funny for like 30 years when she was dating Ted Danson at the time. That was funny. Whoopi was funny that, then. That was a power couple right there. Like That was. It was. It's unstoppable. I, I don't know. I like even Whoopi on the day show I went with all the ladies. Like that's a fun show. The View? Oh my God. Yeah. And Whoopi in Star Trek? Like, what was her character on that? No, the view needs needs to go away. Needs to go away. No, there needs to be a reboot of it, maybe. But the view is important. It's women's views. Different types of women's views. Of course you don't like it. (laughs) You're not a woman. (laughs) Um, No, no. I'm not a woman, but either way, it's bad to me. You're not. You should pay attention to the view, though, because you see a spectrum of ladies' opinions, and that's important. You got to gauge that. You got to know what they're thinking about. It's not all makeup videos and fashion. (laughs) Sometimes it's UFOs. (laughs) Hold on. Kevin's trying to... uh, Why hide in us... You're false. What are you scared of the truth? Why do Why are I... you arguing with the YouTube person? I don't know. No, he's. I think Kevin is is once again. Uh, he snuck into Grandpa's medicine cabinet, grabbed the bottle of Aqua Velva and Brute Thirty Three, and is having a taste test of what'll get him more intoxicated. Yeah, I'm from Illinois, and that's almost Canadian now <clears throat> in my mind. I think I'm like Canada's favorite girl next door. Like you just are. Jump in the Great Lakes. You are. Fly down like Michigan. Mm-hmm. Almost Canada. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> and all right, here we go. We're coming back right now. Right now.
around the third. We're heading for home on Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott. Having a debate during the break whether the view is good television or not. I vote no. And Nicole votes yes. But we'll get to that a little bit later. I want to remind you that if you miss most of the show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show. And on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. For the final time tonight, we continue on with the UFO report. And, oh, look who's making an appearance here. It's uh, Dirty Filth. He's joining us for some cartoons on the YouTube and Twitch side. And we are going to be uh, talking about the Wilson documents, Oak Shannon, and everything that is going on. Nicole Sackich is here filling in for Tim Senor. Nicole, thank you so much for doing this. Now, on the end of the the spectrum here, there is a little bit of drama going on regarding this. Listen, if you're tired of looking at your stock market portfolio today, make a change. I'm Dutch Mendenhall, CEO and co-founder of RadDiversified.com, where your investments make money, build a legacy, and we protect America. Join our diverse real estate portfolio today, where our share value has more than doubled in less than three years and 11 straight profitable quarters. We continue to deliver day after day. Come see what makes us rad at raddiversified.com. That's raddiversified.com. Come see us. You know, there's no better way to get in a bad mood than to look at your stock portfolio right now. I mean, the way the market's been plummeting, it's hard to remember what it looked like when your portfolio was actually growing. Maybe you toyed with the idea of doing real estate investments since it's so much more dependable, but the idea of trying to flip houses and sign deeds and deal with tenants sounds like a nightmare. Fortunately, you have another option. Visit raddiversified.com today. Rad Diversified does all the real estate legwork for you. They know the ins and outs of residential real estate and handle all the details while you simply watch your investment grow. In fact, over the past three years, while everything's been going down, Rad Diversified raised their stock price by 108.6%. With just a $1,000 minimum investment, you can get started on your new upward trend. Visit them at raddiversified.com and see what other investors are saying. They've helped thousands of people make millions of dollars. This could change your life. Visit raddiversified.com. That's R-A-D-diversified.com. Lease. And, you know, Grant kind of touched on it last night on our show, Grant Cameron, that is, where he said that there were people trying to infiltrate and say, hey, we we don't want you uh, giving these notes unless it's on a certain show. And I'm not going to mention that show because that person uh, does not deserve any sort of press whatsoever. But, I mean, really, do we get to that part where we we have something big happening here, Nicole, that is affecting the entire UFO community? We have the legends who are speaking about this in the field, whether it's Grant Cameron or Richard Dolan or Linda Moulton Howe, Melinda Leslie, and some pipsqueak wants to try and shut everybody up because he's whining and crying about it. Now, I'm not getting into the drama or the names, all right? But, I mean, it sounds a little bit selfish when this is something that could change the entire community. And that's where I want to put it, is the selfishness of it. 
Um, let's not call it that. <laughs> let's not call it selfishness because I think everybody thinks they have the best intentions in every action that they're doing when, when they're trying to get something like this done. But where I do, I, maybe instead of selfishness, it is kind of an ego thing at play, you know? And I'll, I'll admit it, I don't think Grant will care. You know, I got to hear him go, yet again, I'll let somebody else release documents and I'll just talk about it afterwards. Mm. You know, that's Grant taking a hit for the entire team where he could be a raging egomaniac. But to address this specific situation, it is a lot of misunderstanding. And I think there's fan bases or groups of supporters that may not know like the clear picture or everything that happens behind the scenes when you're trying to coordinate seven interested parties. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to take, and- I'm going to take over here for a quick second. Cause I know I've put you in, a, in an uncomfortable predicament and I apologize for that, but I'm going to take over here for a second. Okay. And I'm going to say something about, and this is the only comment I'm going to make publicly about this person, and I've wanted to say it for a number of days. All right? Anybody who supports this person who brought out this story, all right, give your head a shake. This kid's a liar. This kid's a liar. He's a thief. All right? And I I am very disappointed in the actions on how he's treating people the way that they have worked their tails off for a number of years on this. Now, this is my opinion. It's my opinion. And I know this may get right viral. Don't care. All right. This guy has screwed me over. This guy has screwed a number of people over that I know. And to do this to good people who've worked their tails off for decades, don't like it. And that's where I'm leaving it. Don't like it. Shame on him. Shame on him. So that's where we're leaving it on that. And that's where it's going to go. I, I, I won't 100% disagree with you, but I will disagree with your perspective a little bit. And yeah, my feelings are a little hurt, but I, I honestly, Dave, you know how often I get, (laughs) <laughs> I know. Or my hard work gets in this. And honestly, I'm still like stuck on Canada, honestly, the the Canada Education Initiative. So this kind of seems a little small potatoes. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, so what? Like, honestly, he, this person and I touch, I'll say it's, it's Project Unity. Jay and I have exchanged messages. I haven't seen the latest thing that he's sent to me. And we do have respect for each other and we've supported each other over the years. So my feelings are a little bit hurt, but I think I understand some moving pieces of this maybe a little better than he did at the beginning when all of this planning stuff started. But with that said, I am a very forgiving person. I have been, my feelings have been hurt before. I get over things really quickly. I'm never going to let that kind of stuff stop me from getting done what needs to be done well and that's a lesson from grant like 
See this you. is out. Get it done. Everything's going coordinated. And when sh- sh- I almost cussed, when stuff goes downhill, you move on. True. Because this isn't the one thing that we're working on. It's always multiple things. So, well, focus y- you on know that what? for a little bit. And I just through. My fi- I will say where my final word. The ball was dropped. Go ahead. A generational gap is obviously at play here. You know, there's Grant and Melinda. You got Richard a little lower. Then you got people like me and yourself and Project Unity and Jimmy thrown in the mix. There's a big generational thing going on here. And some of us are newer. Some of us are not. Some of us have played the game longer. Some of us have been behind the scenes. And, you know, some of us are new. And well, well, he's, it's just little things like this, knowing that as soon as Project Unity's video broke, Grant was in place, Church was in place, you were in place, everything happened very quickly, and it honestly was Project Unity took two days to get back with scheduling everything going down. So there you go. Maybe well, I'm giving him an out. Maybe I'm not are. giving him you an are. out because he disagrees with me. You're totally but, giving him an out. But I will. Well, I will say I this. Try to have respect for people, no matter if people like people or not. Just like I gave Thomas Fessler a shout out because he's interviewed Melinda lately, and she dropped bombs on his show. People think he's controversial. I don't know him very well. I know him from being on your panels. I like him. I also like Rich Giordano. <gasps> oh no! Don't like Rich Giordano. Okay, we're on radio here. But I know. We're on radio. Here. I talk. I know. But when he says things that everybody complains about, or even if he said something that has offended me personally, look, I maybe know better not to throw in publicly with him. But then behind the scenes, I'm like, Rich, dude, what? Ha ha. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah. What? Ha ha. Talk okay, to you later. I, I'm bringing this back to to the topic at at mentioned here. The, <laughs> all right. Uh, getting back to. Well, Getting back to the the documents and everything that kind of goes along with that, Nicole. You know, I see I see people like Grant and Richard Nolan and Melinda Leslie really pushing this to its next steps. I really do see that happening, and I really do see this coming across as a a very very important turn in ufology. Uh, you know, like I said, it's going to have its critics. It's going to have people yeah. who are not paying attention. But a lot of people who need to understand is this is part two to the Wilson documents that literally got submitted into the hearings as three. evidence. Okay, take it two and this three. It is. It's Wilson Davis kicked in by Oak. Oak's notes kicked in by Jack's notes. It's like a three-part prequel here or a... You know what I mean? Two-part prequel to our Wilson documents. And I don't, there, we were talking about the controversy and if, um, what's being said behind the scenes, it's, it's already like who, who has notes? Oh, somebody else from this giant list has to have notes. We can talk to this person. We can talk to that person, contact them, contact them, see what they say. You know, I've heard that John Alexander's made comments behind the scenes, but I haven't asked him anything personally. I never have actually and would love to, but I have never reached out to him. The people I have 
you know, reached out to or maybe talked to, even if it's been minuscule contact, I've thrown out a line to them. And the ones I haven't yet, I'm a little chicken too still because I maybe (laughs) don't want to get the flat out rejection or something like that. But I will say there's like a rumor going around that people think Oak's messed up and he shouldn't have said what he said or released anything. And that doesn't really make sense to me. Like, I think he's a very honest and respectable person. And I know he's a man of faith and it's not fake faith. And he's found a way to incorporate, like maybe he's found a way to incorporate these mind-blowing aspects of the phenomenon into this real life, real situation. And he's been behind the scenes the whole time. And I think the man answered in a very honest way because he's an honest person. So, and I think he still did the, I'm old, this has been 30 some years ago, and yeah, I know these people, you know, I mean, he did kind of the classic dance that all of these guys do, until there's like a zinger in there, like John Alexander, who was like, nope, 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 fine, yes, I'll write a book, nope, yep, wait, don't talk about it, maybe do talk about it, and then you hear things like, you can't trust John Alexander, it's like, who, who says that? And do they not trust John? Do people trust? Do people trust how? <laughs> you know, it's well, like it sends you on this reel. Let's tell, of, let's tell people who John Alexander is because they may not be familiar with this man's name in ufology. Well, you give his bio. He's been on your show once and he was on Science Bob's show with Bob. And like I just said, I fan, I've fangirled. I've never talked to him before. Like I know Melinda has. I know other people that are in contact with him, and I trust what they say he said. But it's not public, you know, record or knowledge. It's not on social media. It's private conversation stuff. So, well, John <laughs> John Alexander is a longtime member of the United States Army. He served in Vietnam and special forces. Basically, he was a a soldier among soldiers. There's there's people who say that there is roles about him created in the movie Apocalypse Now. There is people who say that there's roles about him in the movie Men Who Stare at Goats. I mean, this guy was a badass on the battlefield. He, he rose to the rank of colonel. He then uh, entered uh, into the civilian era after his military career, but still involved in government, working with non-lethal weaponry. And we have heard reports of those being used over in the Middle East where they shoot almost a bee-bit people to scare them away. And instead of killing them, what it does is it makes them crap their pants. And believe it or not, that is true. That is totally true. And there's lots of version of the non-lethal weapon or what would be considered a non-lethal weapon. And that's sort of what I was recently digging into, you know, it's just this non-lethal techniques adapted into the army. I guess if that means, you know, this is linking with the men who stare at goats book and all that stuff. Like he was, 
tasked to figure out these new age, you know, non-lethal practices that were out there in the world. And so I just, you know, little links like that. It's like, well, how much of that influenced Alexander or vice versa? And, mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's and John Alexander has also been known to be one of the right-hand men of a former Skinwalker ranch owner, Robert Bigelow, and his mm-hmm. pursuit of high strangeness, whether it's paranormal, UFOs, aliens, dogmen, well, skinwalkers. That shows, like, at least all the way back to 1985, I mean, this is called John Alexander's <laughs> Theoretical Physics Working Group. So, or sorry, advanced, because they were trying to develop new physics, <laughs> which well, we, we kind of discussed last night. He is definitely an so, interesting character. Definitely an interesting character. If you look at these notes, like what you see when you're just reading the bullet points and even some of their personal notes off to the side, you know, they were trying to come together. They were trying to organize themselves to be able to do something. John had funding he was already working with to, I guess, try to get this group organized and together and people interested. Obviously, they fell short is what I'm saying. Like there's been continuations of this, which is what Melinda lays out so beautifully with her charts and the lectures she's given. Grant can rattle this off. I think it's in some of his books back there. And knowing and and Richard Dolan, he follows all this. And it's just so kind of critical to know that this can be validating to the situation we're in now with current disclosure. We're seeing similarities. They're still needing more money to do what they need to do to get this job done. That started in 85 and probably before. It's always more money. They need more money. And where can they get that money? How can they fund the money? That's important to me alone, aside from all the other interesting stuff in there, like were they looking into abductions? What cases were they considered valid and, you know, known and backed up? And what others could they look into? Validate the biblical history. Like that one right there is interesting. Like how were, how I pulled, that was what I was looking at on break. Like what, what books did I have? And like what biblical references were, in play like in the eighties or shortly after the nineties, like what elements were being brought up then? We know like certain tales from the Bible, like the Ezekiel wheel and things like that, that we relate now. But when did we start hearing stories like that? Was it all, was it ancient aliens? Was it the show ancient aliens or was it before then? (laughs) Little things like that. I want to chase down with these notes. Me and, I think I don't think he'll mind if I say his name publicly. Do you from Face Club? Maybe not Face Club. <laughs> um, you know what I'm meaning. Our face, our Facebook Messenger Club. <laughs> I don't and, know. No, I won't mention any names. But we were we were discussing movies and the influence of pop culture and what true cases might be filtered into movies, you know, like some of the 701 cases from project blue book are in a lot of movies. Like those 
cases that were in the notes, have they been showing up in pop culture references? You know, interesting nuances like that. I think Richard and Jimmy are trying to chase down a possible ARV reference. And if there's an ARV reference in 1985, we really didn't know about that until like 1988 with, uh, I hope I'm right, McCandlish. McCandlish? McCandlish. I'm from the Midwest. I say everybody's name wrong. I apologize. But yeah, so that's an interesting nuance, just like finding what Melinda and the Hermetic Penetrator pointed out, the ATP-10 and A. AP-10 being in the Oak Shannon notes and on the bottom of the Wilson Davis notes. That's a direct link. And now everybody's going, who's the 10? What's the 10? What could 10 mean? Everybody's theorizing. That could be the next hashtag. We're at hashtag AP-10. Hashtag who's the 10? <laughs> Or what's the 10? I hear you there, Nicole. We only got about a minute left. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure that everybody is up to date. Where do you see it? One minute. Where do you see this all going here over the next couple of weeks? I think everybody who's paying attention is going to go back and do their homework. They're going to start looking at these and more interesting things are going to keep coming out. That's what I think. We still have Melinda's version. She's going on your show next week. I think Fade to Black is probably going to have her on. I know she's been talking with Richard Dolan behind the scenes. Like, you know, I mean, this is interesting. We still have so much to flesh out on it. It's not just a boom, here it is, bye, see you later. I mean, there's still books being written about the Wilson Davis notes. There's still discussions being talked and battles being fought i hope i hope those sides have come together now and just gone well they're real we'll soon we'll <laughs> soon see we will soon see and we appreciate uh you coming on in uh, for the ufo report tonight and uh i very much appreciate you uh, nicole and i talk very often in regards to these subjects and you know if there's something that i need to know about she's the first person i turn to and that's why you have to have to pay attention when she speaks. But on the flip side, since I get the final word, us Canadians, we don't get mad. We get even. Just remember that it's what we do. It's why we never lose. Unless it's for the Stanley Cup, which we haven't won in 30 years. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, Spreaker, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends, 
We're watching. We on the night. Mr. Bumblefoot. We need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. You know, there's no better way to get in a bad mood than to look at your stock portfolio right now. I mean, the way the market's been plummeting, it's hard to remember what it looked like when your portfolio was actually growing. Maybe you toyed with the idea of doing real estate investments since it's so much more dependable, but the idea of trying to flip houses and sign deeds and deal with tenants sounds like a nightmare. Fortunately, you have another option. Visit raddiversified.com today. Rad Diversified does all the real estate legwork for you. They know the ins and outs of residential real estate and handle all the details while you simply watch your investment grow. In fact, over the past three years, while everything's been going down, Rad Diversified raised their stock price by 108.6%, with just a $1,000 minimum investment, you can get started on your new upward trend. Visit them at raddiversified.com and see what other investors are saying. They've helped thousands of people make millions of dollars. This could change your life. Visit raddiversified.com. That's R-A-D-diversified.com. Listen, if you're tired of looking at your stock market portfolio, today, make a change. I'm Dutch Mendenhall, CEO and co-founder of RadDiversified.com, where your investments make money, build a legacy, and we protect America. Join our diverse real estate portfolio today, where our share value has more than doubled in less than three years and 11 straight profitable quarters. We continue to deliver day after day. Come see what makes us rad at RadDiversified.com. That's RadDiversified.com. Come see us.